Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. Brother Grady, would you come and bring to us, break the precious bread of life, the Word of God. Would you stand in honor of the Word of the Lord today and give Brother Grady and the Lord a hand today as he comes. Praise the Lord, church. You may be seated for just a moment. It's an honor today to be in the, uh, be in the house of the Lord, um, and it's a privilege. Uh, you know, even when I'm out of town, it's nice to still be able to, to join together with like believers. Your pastor did such a wonderful job earlier today in Sunday school talking about being a part of the family of Christ. And the great thing about going out of town sometimes is that you get to see your extended family. You know, I think everyone has fond memories of going and seeing an aunt or an uncle or, you know, a a grandparent in a visiting town somewhere you didn't normally get to stay at. And, you know, the body of Christ is a lot like that. We get to fellowship with one another. It's always a privilege to be here and an honor um, and I, I give honor to your pastor, to your pastor's wife. I love them so much, so dear. If you love your pastor, why don't you just give him a hand for teaching you the truth. Amen. Praise God. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't give honor to my wife. Uh, she is definitely the, be- the better half. Amen. Um, and without her, I would not be here. So, uh, Amen. Uh, so I give my wife honor today, and, and I do give my pastor uh, back home, Brother Flowers, a, uh, I give him honor today. He texts me and my wife this weekend, telling, just telling us that he missed us, and that he loved us, and that he believes in us, and so I'm very thankful for my pastor and for my home church. Um, they have honored us to allow us to serve as their youth pastor, and we, ha- we don't have a big youth group yet because it's a small home missions church, but... We have a good one, and it's going to grow. Amen. If you have your Bibles um, today, I'm going to read from a very, very familiar portion of Scripture. You're you're all going to know this story. Um, John chapter 11, beginning in verse 28, if you don't mind, if you would please stand for the reading of the Word. Very, very, very familiar passage. Here we find Jesus has arrived in Bethany. He has been beckoned by Mary and Martha because of Lazarus. And beginning in verse 28, it says, And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. And the Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying she goeth unto the grave to weep there. And when Mary was come where Jesus was, saw him and fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said this question, 
Where have ye laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Amen. Today, for just a few minutes, I want to talk to you on this topic. You may not get it yet, but we're going to get there. Q&A. Q&A. Amen. If we could pray. Father, we love you today. We're so thankful for your spirit that we feel in this house today. Father, we are gathered together here to hear your word. So, Father, I ask that your word would go forth, that it would fall on fertile ground today, that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive, and that you would help us not just to be hearers of the word, but help us to be doers of the word. Let your will and your purpose be accomplished in this group, in, the, in these individuals, in this sanctuary today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So most of you by now, you, you probably understand what I mean when I, when I say Q&A by looking at the slide. I mean, question and answer. Question and answer. And um, Initially, whenever I was preparing for this sermon, I was looking at a totally different question than this in the Bible and a totally different um, thought process. But, but God began to direct me a little, little differently. And I started thinking about the day that Cher and I left to, to come here to Mount Vernon. We we had to go by uh, Brother Brent and Sister Charisse's house, our, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, because my father-in-law had left his watch at their house. And so we were beckoned to go get the watch, and Sharice uh, told, uh, text me and my wife and said, I'm going to have Micah out there, and, and he'll give you the watch whenever you get here. And so we're about a 10-minute drive from their house, so I leave, and we let them know that there And sure enough, whenever I pull into the driveway, not even in the driveway, I'm down the street and I can see that Micah and Brielle are outside. They are anxiously waiting my arrival to give me this watch. And you better believe as soon as I get out of the car, as soon as I open it, of course, you know, the hugs commence. But shortly thereafter, the questions also commenced. Amen. And so Micah, he's at that age now where... He is getting to the point to where he's starting to connect dots, and he sees these, these things. And so he's very inquisitive. He asks you a lot of questions. So he started asking me, you know, how long, how long are you going to be gone? When are you leaving? Are you taking this car? Or are you taking another car? Is Shara going with you? No. Or, you know, is, is Mimi and Papa going to come back with you? All these, all these questions. Amen. And so as I'm, I'm, I'm answering his questions, and I'm sure most of you, uh, no doubt you've had times where you've had little children or you've had other individuals that, that ask you lots and lots of questions, and they are seeking for an answer to that question. In, in my line of business, many times I have to uh, give a presentation, and so I, in my slide deck, if you will, I'll, I'll have, uh, go through all the information I'm presenting, and then oftentimes at the very end, I'll have a slide just like this specifically set aside just for question and answer because no doubt there's going to be someone that is going to need a little more understanding or they have something that they're not sure about and they want an answer to that question. Amen. And so throughout the Bible, both God and men have used questions to facilitate certain things. And most of the time... Well, I shouldn't say most of the time. A lot of the time in the Bible, many miraculous um, moments, uh, powerful 
things and situations that are very um, famous, if you will, from the Bible are oftentimes preceded by a question. And before we get into too too far, let's first define what a question is. A question is a sentence in an interrogative form, meaning someone is inquisitive, and it's addressed to someone in order to get some sort of information in reply. And and a second um, definition of of what a question is, it's a matter of some uncertainty or difficulty or a problem. Amen. And and so uh, we, we we all know what questions are. Um, you might, for instance, if you're going to meet someone for the first time, you might ask them, well, what is your name? Why would you ask them that? Well, you don't know who they are. And so you want to find out. So that's what a question is. It, it, it's, a, it's a sentence that is meant to find something out. And so in, in Scripture, we have different questions that come up. For instance, when Moses was at the burning bush, and God was speaking to him, and he was telling him, I want to use you to go to Egypt so that my people can come out of Egypt. And Moses asked one of the most famous questions in all of the Bible. And he he said, well, whenever I come to the children of Israel, and whenever I say to them, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, whenever I tell them that that God sent me, And they shall say to me, well, what's his name? And so Moses says, what am I going to tell them? What shall I say to them? And and we know the answer. God replied, he said, I am that I am. You shall say that I am hath sent you. When David, whenever he sees Goliath, and Goliath is taunting the armies of Israel, And David gets this righteous indignation, this passion. And he says, he starts saying, I'm going to fight that man. And and everyone said, well, you're just a kid. You don't belong here. And and David looks at them and says, is there not a cause? I'm sure we've all heard at least one sermon preached on that. Amen. When Isaiah was in the temple, or I'm sorry, not in the temple, he he had a vision and he saw the Lord high and lifted up in the temple and his train filled that temple and the angels were crying holy 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 is the lord god almighty that the the lord in that temple he said who will go for me whom can i send to my people israel and that is how isaiah was called Uh, Moving into the New Testament, we have Nicodemus whenever he meets with Jesus. And Jesus tells him, you have to be born again. Nicodemus asks a very famous question in Pentecost. Well, how can a man be born again? Can he enter into his mother's womb and be born again? Well, no, of course not. you got to be born of the water and of the spirit or else you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Praise God. Amen. Another famous question. Paul, on the way to Damascus, he has been persecuting Christians. And there's a light that shone or shined round about him and knocked him to the ground. And there was a question from Jesus, and he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And Saul replied, and he said, Who art thou, Lord? 
And Jesus replied, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And this was the beginning of one of the, if you look at individual conversions, one of the most powerful individual conversions of all time. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter had concluded preaching and all those devout Jews out of every nation under heaven were gathered in Israel that heard his word. They looked at each other and they were pricked in their hearts and they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, you have to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we can see these are just a few. I, I could have kept going, and you're already like, I hope he moves on, okay? But you can see that there are questions throughout the Bible that have led to extraordinary events. And Jesus, also in his own ministry, so often in, in the miracles that he performed, he would ask a question of those around him. But Jesus, he didn't just ask a question so that he could get the typical answer that, that we would know. For instance, if, if I asked you what was your name, you would reply with whatever your name is. But Jesus, whenever he would ask a question, he wasn't only asking for a reply, but he was asking them a question that would allow him to insert himself into their situation and him become the answer to not their question of him, but their problem that was their question. Amen. Because there are two definitions of an answer. An answer is a written or spoken response to a question, but it's also a solution to a problem or dilemma. Amen. For instance, when the disciples were all in a boat with Jesus and they were going across the sea, that the Bible tells us that there was a great storm that came upon that boat. And the disciples, they are not just, um, you know, if it were me, I'm not, I'm not a fisherman. I'm, I haven't been on boats a lot. I've been on boats more than some people, but not a lot. And so if you put me in the middle of a storm, I'm probably going to be... A, pretty worried but these are professional fishermen and they are worried and and they go to Jesus who is asleep of all things he's sleeping like a baby amen and they say don't you care that we are all going to perish and what was Jesus response he re responded with a question himself and he said why are you Fearful, O ye of little faith. I'm right here. You didn't have to worry. You just have to insert me into your situation. And he says, peace be still. And he rebuked the winds and the waves. And there was a calm. Amen. So Jesus, whenever he uses questions to the people around him, he was really trying to get to the point of the matter to where those hearers, the recipient of that question, would take Jesus and interject him into where they're at. Amen. And that brings us to our text. So often, 
um, times we've, we've heard this story. You, you all know the story of the, the, the miraculous raising of Lazarus from the dead. But, but just bear with me for a second while I, while I bring it to your attention from, from maybe a different point of view. Be, because what we, what we don't often realize, or what I may not have realized when I read this story, was that we, we think that Jesus just showed up like three days late, later after he was dead. The Bible actually says that Lazarus was in the grave for four days. But what we don't realize is that two days prior to the death of Lazarus, that Mary and Martha had already sent for Jesus. And so it, from the eyes of Mary and Martha, they have to be thinking about this situation when Jesus shows up late. Where were you? Why weren't you here? And that is the response or, or the questions that Martha and Mary brought to Jesus. Because when Jesus arrives in Bethany, Martha runs out to meet him. And she asked him, or actually she didn't even ask, she just said, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't be dead. Amen. Mary's not there yet. And so Jesus stays there. Martha runs and gets Mary and says that, that Jesus is present. He has arrived on the scene. And Mary, what we read in our text, just like Martha, shows up to Jesus and she asks him the exact same question. Well, actually not exact. She said the exact same thing. She said, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not be dead. And we know from prior verses that the scripture says that Jesus loved Lazarus. Amen. And so Mary and Martha know that Jesus loved, loved Lazarus. So why weren't you here? Why are you allowing us to go through this grief, go through this pain, go through this sorrow of this situation when you could have shown up and already resolved it? Amen. But Jesus, he doesn't get upset. He instead asks a question that would allow him to be inserted right into the middle of the situation. He says, where have you laid him? And, and all of the, the Jews, whenever they show up to the tomb, and Jesus says, hey, move, move that stone out of the way, they're all saying, what are you doing? Like, he stinks already. Why, why are you trying to do anything? And, and Jesus, we know the story. When Jesus gets interjected into the middle of that situation, he says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. Amen. Because the thing is, Jesus, when we have questions and we have concerns, his question for us, it, it, for us, it's, it's always, can you do it or will you do it? And Jesus is saying, will you trust me to do it? Will you allow me to do it? Amen. Be because we, we look, we, we I, I saw the line of, of people up here 
in prayer time just a moment ago. There is no lacking of situations in our lives that we need Jesus' attention to. There's not. We can each individually take a look at our life. And some of you may have financial situations. Other people have issues at school or or on their jobs. Other of you have perplexing situations in your family. You've got issues and problems. And then some may have sicknesses or diseases or infirmities that you've been dealing with and pain in your body that that you don't know how to deal with. And and so we we ask God these questions, uh, or or maybe you don't ask ask Him, but you probably think it. You say, how am I going to pay this bill? Am I ever going to find a job? How am I, how am I ever going to be healthy again? I can't, I can't get over this sickness. I'm, I'm always sick. I'm always hurting. Can I ever overcome this vice that seems to grab onto me and I, and I just can't get past it? Am I ever going to be able to move beyond that? How am I going to save my marriage? Is my son or daughter that walked away from the truth, are, are they ever going to be saved? We have these questions. But, but I would say to you, if you ask Jesus those questions, then this would be his response. What, what bill do you need help with? What account are you behind on? What job is it that you've been looking for? What is that diagnosis that your doctor gave you? You see... We, we ask questions concerned, and, and I've already said this, but Jesus asks us questions to allow him to be inserted into our situation. And so, just being 100% transparent and honest, as a human being, if someone asks, asks me those kind of questions, sometimes it's quick to get frustrated, especially with God, because He already knows. He already knows. The Bible says that Jesus already knew Lazarus was dead before he left. So Mary and Martha, they they know he's the Christ. He asks Martha whenever he gets there, do you not believe that I'm the Christ, that I'm the Lord? And Martha says, yes, I believe. So she knows he's God. She knows that he already knows the totality of the situation and he could have already resolved it. And so for us, we get frustrated whenever God begins to ask us questions because he's trying to get us to the point that we allow him to work. Because oftentimes our problem is we have all these questions, we have all these concerns, we have these problems and situations and dilemmas, and and we never take it to God. We have all these questions. But we never ask them to Him. But when we do, sometimes it's frustrating because we hear God prompt us and say, well, are you going to give that to me? What what specific thing do you need? What what is that specific bill that that you are needing help with that, that you haven't actually asked me for? You expect me to work but you're not letting me into the situation. Amen. Praise God. And, and I'm, I'm coming quickly to a close. I'm not going to preach really long today. But 
I'll give you an example. Recently, most of you, I'm sure you've you've probably seen on on Facebook or heard from my in, my in-laws about how Sharon and I just recently moved into a house, and it's a beautiful home. Love it. It is exactly what we wanted. We waited a long time for it, and if you saw the pictures, you probably saw how happy we were. We were smiling, excited, and we were. We are. Amen. But I will admit, there were some moments along that process where we weren't always sure we were going to get in that house. There were some moments of stress between me and the builder and me and the financial person and all these other, all these other things. There were, there were moments. And about one or two weeks prior to when we were supposed to close, I get a call from my best friend, uh, Chandler. He's also my realtor. It's nice to know a, have a best friend that's a realtor. Amen. Um, and he informed us that whenever our final appraisal came back, it, it wasn't exactly what we were needing. And, and so when, whenever that, that, that news hit me, there, there were a lot of questions that I have to ask for God, but it was also a problem because I'm like, if this doesn't work out, then we've been waiting all this time and we're not going to be in this house. It's wasted time. Amen. And, and so we, we were there and I had all these questions. I was, you know, where's the money going to come from? How are the finances going to work out? Are we going to be able to close? All these things. And, and I remember when, when we, I walked in, I was out in the garage talking to him at, at Shara's grandmother's house because we were still living with her at the time. And I think, my, I think you all were there, actually. I think it was for Shara's birthday, if I'm not mistaken. And, and we came in and I'm sure they could tell I was stressed, and, and I started telling them the situation. And, you know, thank God that I have in-laws and I have family and friends that know how to pray and that are quick to pray. Because we had all, I had all these questions, but quickly the question, as, as I started thinking about it, and and God would ask me this periodically through our, our process. He would say, do you trust me? It, it, without fail, I, I don't know if any of you deal with this, but without fail, if, if there's ever a situation, especially any kind of financial situation that I've experienced in my life, if there is one question I get asked more than any other question by God is, do you trust me? Without fail. I mean, I've been trusting God the whole process. I've been telling him, you're going to work this out. You're going to make everything go along. And then here this, this hiccup comes. And so we, in the midst of that question, in the midst of God asking me, do you trust me? We, we all gather together. We start praying. I tell some of my friends, my other family, they're praying for us. And, and you know, if it would have been done the way I wanted to, I never would have had to go through that. But, but God allowed his himself to be glorified through that process because it wasn't but a couple of days later that I get a phone call from my my friend Chandler and he's telling me oh hey that appraiser made a mistake he sent in the wrong amount now that's annoying let me tell you but it could be annoying or I could just say hey God's hand was in that situation and amen and, and whenever he got interjected into the middle of the situation, that's when it turned around. Amen.
the musicians would please come. I said, I'm not, I'm not going to preach very long today. And, and so taking that example and, and this story about Mary and Martha and Lazarus, there is no doubt every person in this room, somewhere inside of you, you have a little bit of faith to believe that God can work in your situation. I don't think you would be here if, if you weren't. And the Bible says that God has given every man a measure of faith. And so today, obviously, there are plenty of needs represented. And I don't, I don't know... I don't know your situation. I don't know the questions that you have right now about your finances, about your family, about your job, about about you as a person. But what I do know is this. You may have questions, a problem, a situation, a dilemma that you don't know the solution to. But I can tell you this, that the answer to your solution is to put God right in the middle of it. Amen. Yes. Amen. Because when you put Him in the middle of it, and you say, God, I can't control this anymore. This is out of my realm to finagle or move pieces around to make things work. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the finances. I don't have the the connections to make this work. But Jesus, you do. And and today, as, as we stand across the sanctuary, I can hear God saying today, do you trust me with your situation it's not a the pastor may trust God to work in your situation but you've got to believe and trust God that he's going to work in your situation and so my question to you today will you trust God enough to interject him in because if you're willing to and you will put him in the middle of your situation. God never fails. Ever. Ever. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't do things by accident. And the Bible says that Faith without works is dead. And so if you can take maybe just that mustard seed of faith that you have, and you can take your situation and through the action of taking it and laying at his laying it at his feet, the Bible says that when you come to God believing that He is, that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him that faith and that action when you give it to him he will always come through every time amen so I'm going to open these altars today I don't I don't know what situation you have I don't know what dilemma or what question you have today
God is more than able to work in your situation. There's a reason why in the Old Testament he went by titles saying that he was healer, that he was the redeemer, he was the Lord their banner, he was their healer, their provider, all of those things because that is who he is. So today in closing, I'm going to invite you forward to this altar. And if you have a situation, you can take that situation with a little bit of faith you have and you can give it to Jesus. Put him right in the middle of your situation. Put him right in the middle of that dilemma and say, God, I I may not have that ability. I may not have the knowledge. I may not know what to do, but you have all wisdom. You have all power. You're more than able to heal. You're more than able to help. You're more than able to give guidance and wisdom and to provide in the middle of my situation. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.